What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the True Christian Podcast. As always, I'm Michael Pagano, and I'm glad that you guys are here. Normally, we have a bunch of people that are already waiting for us here, but it looks like being on time for once, we beat the people here. However, I know that a lot of people watch this after the fact, so I'll still pretend we got people here. Now, I know a lot of you are probably wondering what's tonight's episode going to be about. Maybe the title kind of gave you guys a little hint. But I have a special uh, guest uh, uh, in store for you guys. Uh, it's not a special guest that you're not that you don't know him, but uh, you haven't seen his face on the podcast in a while. And I figured I'd bring him up uh, and definitely have him join us. He's remote right now, you know, uh, like when the news people be like, "We got so and so on the scene." We got so we got Justin Campbell on the scene out here uh, in the streets, uh, bringing him on. So uh, you know, uh, excuse his service. He might. Uh, you know, dip in and out at moments. He's out la- lounging in the in the beautiful Texas uh, summer night. Uh, but what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys a heads up, man. My my service is uh is not very good. I'm out here. We're at the hotel. We had Hannah's uh, chemo today, so I had to walk out here because she's not doing really well today, and she's in the room. She's crying. She's fussy. She's just very sick today. Um, so I had to walk out here to the pool. I got Kenzie out here and my service is just not that great. So you guys forgive me. Um, we'll try to make this work. And like I said, I'll be on for a little while and then I'll pop off and let Mike, Mike take over. So this is what we got. We'll make do with it. Mike, glad to be back on, man. It's been a minute since, uh, since I've been able to get on a live with you, man, on, on your podcast, man. So I'm glad to be back on with you, bro. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, the real issue with the service is the quality of the image and your face isn't what matters. It's your voice. Side note. I noticed I have your hat in my car. Uh, I was like, whose hat is this? It has to be yours. Uh, so if you're missing a hat, yeah. I have it. Um, but before I've been, bro, topic, I've been searching. I've been searching everywhere for my hat, man. I, I was wondering if it was with you. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I will return it to you on Saturday. I know what you were doing. You were doing the old, you know, leave your key. I mean, leave something behind so we have to see each other again. Just like when we saw each other, we had yeah. the Bible get left, uh, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. But um, we will be going out yeah. this weekend. And we'll dive into that here in a second. But real quick, as JD always reminded me, my normal guest, who, uh, uh, my normal co-host who's not here, um, let me tell you guys, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that like button and and do all that stuff. You know, I'm not a social media guy. I like to tell people that you got, you know, social media people that pretend to be Christians. And then you got some Christians who pretend to be social media personalities. Uh, I, I'm just pretending to be a social media person. I just, so I can get on here and share the gospel. So do all that stuff. You know, what is it? Smash the like button or something like that. Um, TikTok, as always, I know you guys are joining in. If you chose to watch on TikTok versus YouTube, uh, as always, you won't be able to see what we have on screen. You won't be able to see Justin's wonderful face. Uh, you should be able to hear him but you won't be able to participate in the comment section. I leave the comments off for that reason to kind of, you know, kind of elbow you in the rib, like come on over to YouTube. Uh, but hey, I get it. Some people just despise YouTube and they rather be on TikTok. So uh, as long as you're tuning in and listening, that's what matters. Um, and if you guys aren't aware, JD is not here again because he is taking some time off. Uh, we mentioned it in the last podcast, uh, but so he is doing that. He's got some, you know, just time he needs with the Lord, time he needs with family, which is always necessary. Um, and before we start the night, we're going to go ahead and pray, especially because uh, we want to keep Hannah in our prayers. We want to keep JD and his family in, a, in our prayers, and we want to keep Justin and his family in our prayers. So um, before we jump into the night, 
Heavenly Father, thank you very much for allowing us to have another day on your earth, allowing us to draw breath once again. And we just thank you for the things that we don't always remember to thank you for, the, the, the little things that sometimes we get complacent about here in this first world country that maybe others in the world don't even have or don't even couldn't even imagine having. You know, we have clean water, Father. We have shelter over our heads. So the small things we thank you for. And Lord, I ask you to be with Justin and his family. Hold Hannah close in this time that's, you know, rough for her and, and help her to be strong. Uh, despite her age, she shouldn't need to be strong. But Lord, uh, we ask you to give her strength beyond her age. Father, we ask you to be with JD as he's, you know, getting closer with you and getting, uh, you know, his life to slow down a little bit as things are moving full speed. And as always, Father, watch over all of the body of Christ, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, and help us to just continuously pursue you. Let your spirit be present in this conversation, Father, and, and allow us to glorify you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. So, guys, the topic, as you see, if you're on YouTube, is Amen. evangelism in 2023. And that's why I'm glad I can get Justin on here. Now, when Justin has to go, we're actually going to do something a little more fun. Not more fun. This is fun, too. But we're going to dive into a reaction of a video um, uh, that is – so it's <laughs> – there's a company called Jubilee that brings some interesting people together to have discussions. And this one I found was uh, Satanists having conversations with major religions, right? So I thought that was really interesting. I'd love to, you know, kind of really dissect what's being said in that video. So that's what we'll do at the second half of the, half of the podcast. But while we have Justin here, we want to discuss this because people see Justin and myself out in the streets. They see us constantly trying to evangelize and they always ask us for advice. They ask us about our experiences. And also, we see people on social media that, that are evangelizing, but it leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. And we want to discuss the incorrect ways as well as the correct ways. Um, so, Justin, I wanted to just start off like this because you had this experience this weekend. What, how many Christians did you speak to that didn't know the gospel? Yeah, man. Um, that's that's a very that's a topic I don't think we hit on very much. Um, is you know the 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 reality, and this is why I tell you in the Bible that it it very much so talks about false conversion in the Bible, but we don't know how to recognize it because we have individuals that are more um, excited and and more honored to carry the title of Christian than what it actually means to be a Christian. So when we're in the streets and you talk to a lot of individuals like we did this weekend that say that they're Christians, and then I ask them, because we also are ministering to self-professing Christians, I want them to articulate to me what the gospel is, not trying to stump them. And it's a very simple thing that an individual should be able to quote very comfortable and very confidently when we come up to them and we minister to them, especially when we're trying to um, be the representation of Christ in the public. Now, I understand, man, I used to be the very same Christian that I deal with as other Christians in the streets where I was going into bars, I was drinking, I was drugging, I've, I was having one night stands. I, re I remember those times. There was no regeneration uh, that was happening in my life. But when you're out in the streets and an individual is only a Christian by title and they don't know why they're saved, yet they're saying that they're saved. 
that's the reality of why I tell into people that don't go off of experiences of what individuals tell you or what they say that they are. This is what the Bible is for to equip you of how to minister to these individuals, because there's individuals that are in those church buildings right now that take on those titles and listen to the pastor. But the word has never taken root in their lives. It has never taken root. So they'll listen to it. They'll hear the message. They'll walk away from the building and nothing changes. It's like what I tell a lot of individuals. It's the, the, the blind can't see and the deaf can't hear. And this is why I tell people false conversion is very much real. The fact remains, though, a lot of us haven't had our senses spiritually uh, discerned and trained by reading the scripture. And we don't know how to recognize this. There's only two groups. There's, on, there's on, always only been two groups. There's only two groups. There's not three groups. There's not four groups. Um, and the fact remains, this is the reality of Western Christianity. Why we're preaching or our pastors are preaching wealth, health and prosperity. There's no discipleship that is being done. And we, because of it and the lack of, of training and teaching, uh, people cannot give a response or a defense for the faith and why they believe it. Yet they're saying, I'm saved because I take on the title of a Christian. And it's just, it's the reality, man. It's sad. Yeah. So that's what I really think is something that not enough people are actually discussing. Because here's the truth. What is evangelism? It's going out and spreading the gospel. But if you don't have a good grounding on what the gospel is, you can't evangelize. You see, some people think evangelizing is this. Ready? Jesus loves you. Hey, Jesus wants what's best for you. Jesus wants you to be happy. Yeah. Jesus wants to save you. That's all fine and dandy. But if you're not bringing the gospel, none of that matters. And, and because, look, I know that I say all the time that, you don't need to know X, Y, and Z to be saved. You don't need to know how to explain the Trinity. You don't need to know how to you know, explain justification. But one thing as a Christian you need to know is the gospel because it is the gospel that saves. Now, it's not like it has to be this, you have to say it exactly the same way that we all say it, right? It's not like a chant. It's not like... <laughs> It's not like a pledge of allegiance. Like you have to be able to repeat it. Like I pledge allegiance to the flag. Da, da, da. No, but the if you don't know what the gospel is, and listen, guys, what is the gospel? The word gospel means good news. Do you know what the good news is? And this is where I see the biggest issue, because as he said, there's a lot of people in churches today that got brought in on the benefits of the gospel, but not the gospel. People said, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to do this for you. They said, put your trust in Jesus. But they never were told, why are they trusting in Jesus? What exactly is that trust look like? What is that trust in? What, what about Jesus are we trusting? So they go to church and then you wonder why people fall away because they never knew the good news. And, and I mean, I got a comment in my favorites uh, that, I, that I'm gonna make a video for tonight. Someone posted saying, how do I explain what the gospel is when someone asks me? And as much as I understand that this person's asking this sincerely, it hurts my soul that this person is actually a Christian is asking that question because that makes me wonder, do you know the gospel if you can't at least articulate it in some way? So before we even talk about evangelism, we got to have the gospel down. We have to know what that gospel is. And in short and sweet, the gospel is that Jesus, who is fully God, fully man, came into the flesh dwelt amongst men, lived a sinless life, went to the cross sinlessly, and died for our sins 
rose three days later and is now seated at the right hand of the father so that we may rise with him when we die. He died for our sins and he rose for us. And that is the gospel. That's the good news. Why is it good? Because if that doesn't happen, we all have to stand before God, the judge on our own merit and our own merit will get us nothing but hell. So that's bad. That's bad news that we, that we don't deserve heaven. The good news is that he's willing to give it to us anyway. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, Jesus does love us, man. But I think the problem is when you go around telling everybody, you know, Jesus just loves you. I, I listened to a sermon uh, recently. Uh, I can't remember. Ap Apologia. Uh, what is his name that does? Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Apologia Studio. Uh, Jeff Durbin. Yeah. And I was listening to a sermon, man, and somebody sent me a video on it and I like him very much, man. And, uh, he was talking about how individuals go around saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And it's so opposite contrary to what we see the apostles in the book of Acts doing that we're going around stirring up riots. And, and, and the fact remains the saying Jesus loves you. The, what they say is that because he loved us, he died for us. Like yeah. they, they'll, they'll throw his love in there, but it's never just loves you. He loves you. Jesus never actually says, I love you. He demonstrates his love via action. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just like the individual that we encountered, the lady on the street, man. The noise and the speakers and everything that was around us was actually louder than us actually preaching the gospel. Yet she came from across the street to say because we were preaching the gospel, it was giving her anxiety. And I, I you know, the gospel is a is a, a beautiful message. It's a, it's good news, but it also comes with the, the, the reality of of it shows us how much that we truly need a savior and that law that was set in place that is mirror that mirrors how bad we need a savior. So we have to find the common ground of talking about all aspects of God, the holy side of God, the just side of God and the love side of God. If you remove any one of those attributes in your presentation of the gospel message, uh, it, it falls apart in my eyes and, and people have been lulled to asleep um, and a lot of people are going to perish because they're not being transformed. And, and, and there is no uh, that that's what the gospel is supposed to do. It says it pierces to the very heart of an individual and, and, and crucifies the flesh and the joints and the marrow. That's that's what it's supposed to do. So when you go into that Bible, or you're ministering that word to somebody. It's supposed to be hitting the heart where an individual is like, whoa, man, that just hit me. That's something that I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? In order to properly preach the good news, you have to explain the bad news. And bad news never yeah. is good to hear. No one wants to hear the bad news. Now, the <laughs> big problem with evangelism is some people overemphasize the bad news and they barely mention the good yeah. news. You call them condemnation preachers, right? So they preach the bad news that hell, 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 hell. And they never mention the good news. They never, they might, might say it one time, like, and Jesus died for you. But like, they're the, they overemphasize the bad <laughs> news. There has to be a proper, uh, uh, um, you know, balance, give and take or balance. That's the word. Thank you. The, pr the pr proper yeah. balance of good news to bad news ratio. It needs to be the good news is the main focus, but you can't have the good news without explaining the bad news because if no one knows the bad news, they're going to be like, well, why is that good news? Um, and, and we talked about like uh, people that don't know the gospel, and it's not just the one time we went out. The first time, it might have been the first time we went out, Justin, do you remember the guy that we ran into 
that when we said to him, if he knows Jesus, he said, yeah, I got my Bible right here. He pulled out a full size Bible and we were like, oh, what's up? That's what's up. Right. Full size. And then we're talking to him and we always assume, like Justin said, we assume that if someone says they read the Bible or they love Jesus, we just go to, we just assume they're a fellow Christian and we don't feel the need to evangelize. But in that moment, I stopped and randomly said to him, um, do you know what the gospel is? And he couldn't answer us, which was even more sad because of the fact that he had the Bible with him and he's like, yeah, I'm a follower, but yet he didn't even know the gospel. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like with anything, man, um, it's, you know, I tell a lot of people, there's a lot of things that, that people are able to do when they hide behind certain things. So you can hide behind something. Um, we hide things in our house. We hide things in our heart. We mask up. We do all these things, man. I can take a Bible out and walk out into the world with a Bible and an individual could see a Bible in my hand and they could assume based off of what I'm, uh, appearing to them Man, that's a godly man. He's got a Bible. He's got it up under his armpit. He's walking around with it. That must be one of those Christians. That would just be the assumption that I would make or the first thing that we go to when we see individuals like this or we see people coming out of a church bearing a, a church building. And I always tell everybody to to a lot of peer, uh, individuals, appearances to, is everything to individuals. That's that's what's most import, important to individuals. Um, I used this this analogy one time, man, I want to talk about real quick. Um, and I like to share it because it was a prime example of what we really generally hide in the heart and, and why discernment and why understanding scriptures, why having a relationship is first and foremost. So I used to uh, live next door to this family and I've shared this several times, but Man, they had a nice house. They had a nice looking family, man. They come out in suits and ties. And every time you've seen them, just smiling, beautiful children. And if you looked at them, they look like that family, man. Like if you were to look up to somebody you were younger growing up, you'd be like, man, that's what I want. I want what they have. They look like a beautiful family. That's that's what a family looks like. But long and behold, man, uh, the man was actually beating his wife half to death uh inside of the four walls and and one day they were not able to hide that anymore and that mask came off and it was exposed to us and it was very telling in that image that they had uh worked so hard to build for people to see was shattered because of a very act that was committed inside the house that they could no longer hide um and that's the reality man we have a lot of people that are are Christian by appearance, by what they carry around, by words that they speak out of their mouth. And it's never getting to the root of the issue by action, um, by, by, by letting the works bear, bear witness and, and testimony that the spirit is working in us. We don't have to talk the talk, man. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to defend ourselves. We just need to walk the walk, man. And, and it, it will be made known ultimately if an individual truly knows is saved, has the spirit in them, it will be made manifest. And I think if we just start listening to individuals instead of trying to put a, put on an image, I think a lot of people try too hard to put more on the image for other individuals. And this is why I tell you social media uh, is, is so easy for us to put on an image. We can be whoever we want. There's many people that are preaching online to you right now that are on TikTok uh, that is putting on a front and actually at their house, they know how to get on and preach good. 
but they're not actually living the life. And you would find out that many, many, many individuals that people are listening to right now, the sad reality is they're not really living the life. They're just trying to build an image of themselves uh, to portray uh, so that people listen to them. And it's, it's the sad reality of what we're in right now. That's social media in a nutshell. Social media is presented art. It's showing this artistic rendition of who you are to people. We, we portray who we want people to see us as. That's why whenever Christians, um, talk like whenever there's a celebrity that comes out Christian and everybody's like, well, they're not Christian. Cause look at this, this, and that I ask people, if you had a paparazzi, would you look as Christian as you tell people? If someone followed you around every day with cameras and caught every moment of your life, would you also look as Christian as you tell people? Because it's easy to see a celebrity come out and say they're Christian. And then we know everything about their life. So we're like, well, no, look at them. But you, what you do is in the shadows. What you do is hidden and not a lot of people know about it. And this, you kind of hit on this already. And this is kind of why we have such a struggle today with even defining what a Christian is. Because too often we consider a Christian, anyone who just says they like, they follow Jesus, right? Well, that Mormons say they follow Jesus. I mean, there's lots of people that say they follow Jesus. What's a Christian is someone who believes in the gospel. Because if you, if you stop at just, um, a Christian is, oh, people are saying they're having trouble hearing me. Hold on. Let me, let me, uh, up my, uh, volume real quick. Let me go ahead and just make sure that my volume is good. Mic check. There we go. All right. Mic check. Mic check. How do I sound guys in the comment section? Let me know. Am I louder now? I got, I got my thought in my head. I'm going to continue going in a second. Tell me if you guys can hear me. I'm going to wait for the, uh, commenters. To give me an update, I will raise what the volume. You, if little you girl, know. you guys want it higher, or yeah. Yeah. Is it good work that it's good work that okay. I'll also try and talk loud. Y'all know I have no problem doing that, but um, what makes a Christian is someone who believes the gospel because there's lots of false Christs out there. And you, you can't just say, oh, well, as long as they say that they believe in Jesus, that they're a Christian. Again, that, that falls down a very sticky line. And it also keeps us from evangelizing to the people that we need to. Because, again, you might come across someone and they say they love Jesus and you get super excited. You love Jesus? I love Jesus. Oh, we best friends. But you don't even know that they believe Jesus is actually an alien who is a, a manifestation of of, yeah. uh, of a prior existing God. And like I've met people who when you actually talk to them, you find out. So what's one of the wildest things I ever heard? Ready for this, Justin? I once had someone tell me that their religion or their belief is that Jesus is love itself manifested. And he comes from the universe itself to tell us how to go to the higher level, how to uh, transcend this reality. And that's what the father is, because the father is creation itself. So he came as the manifestation of love to teach us how to become one with the creation. And there are people out there that believe this. There's books that like they write where they try to mix Christianity and the Eastern religions, you know, the Gnosticism and yeah, Gnosticism too, and all types of uh, interesting um, creations of, of who Jesus is. So if, if you literally 
are if you're if soon as someone says, um, you know, I I, I know Jesus, and you're just stopping there, like, okay, we're good, we're good, and you're not gonna take it a step further and be like, hey, look, nowadays I gotta ask you, man, who is Jesus? <laughs> like, just being yeah. honest with you, because there's a lot. Like whenever they show the polls of how many Christians are in America, I'm always like, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because that poll is yeah. saying, are you a Christian? Check yes or check no. That's what that poll is doing. It, that, that ain't a, that is not a clear, I think they say there's like, uh, I think they say like 60% of the countries. I got to double check what the last poll was because it used to be like 60%, I think. Um, yeah. I'll double yeah, check. Yeah. But I would doubt yeah, and 20%. Yeah, and notice, Mike, when we're in the streets, I always, like, when we went out Saturday, I uh, when I would talk or say something about Jesus, and they would say, yeah, Jesus, I would say, but do you know Jesus? So if we look at all these factions, man, what's very similar to me about some of these factions, like Islam and uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, or what was it, Mormons? What was the prophet? Joseph Smith. He was Jehovah's Witness, right? No, was it Jehovah's right. Witnesses? Mormon. If if you notice uh, the similarities between Islam and uh, yeah, how uh, an angel came to the prophet and all these things, yeah, and uh, and, and then we got other individuals like pagans. Man, I I I I minister to pagans. I talk to pagans all the time. They believe jo they believe Jesus like Jesus is a god, and they respect Christian beliefs, but they believe in all the other gods. They just don't believe Jesus is their god. So they 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 respect Jesus as a god or our god, but they believe in the other gods. These are the things that you saw in the Bible. So they love the god that they worship. They respect the god that we worship. They just don't believe in the god that we worship. Then you have progressive Christianity. They have an image of who God is and they've created Jesus in their own image. So we see all these factions inside and, and, and people trying to come in and, and, and distorting who Christ is and what Christ was. And I know Christ or Christ consciousness. Yeah. We have individuals that say Jesus came to preach Christ consciousness and we're ascending to the level of Christ consciousness. So they'll be like, yeah, I know Christ, but he, he came to preach consciousness. So they'll say the same thing too. So there's a lot of people that have heard of Christ. They've heard the story of Christ. They may believe in Christ, but they don't know Christ. And that's, everything's being mingled together. And this is why I tell individuals, when you, when people start saying amen or Jesus, a lot of individuals have heard the name of Jesus. That's why I say, well, hey, wait a minute, man, come here for a minute. Do you actually know Jesus? Because my name is Justin Campbell and I just introduced myself to you. And there's many people that know me as Justin Campbell, but they don't actually know who I am. And this, if this is what we need like, to bring to people. And, and y'all were like, Oh, you know, Mike and like, yeah, he Asian six foot nine. That's not me. Like you can say a name, <laughs> like it, it, you can say a name, but it doesn't mean we're talking about the same person. Well, oh, you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, he said you got to keep the law. Nah, that ain't Jesus, brother. That ain't. I don't know what Jesus you talking about. Yeah, Jesus said love everyone, even love their sins. Nah, brother, I don't know that Jesus. I don't know that. Je yeah, Jesus who saves everyone. Universalism. Nah, I don't know that Jesus. I don't know that Jesus. Like, yeah, there's 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 false Christs. There's lots of false Christs, and here's one for you. And this one's for all of you to really think about. This one, I'm like brain scratchers to make you kind of even question yourself. There's not a single person, there's not a single believer 
on this planet, and when I say believer, I mean believer in any God that believes in a God that doesn't save them. Everybody believes in the God that saves them, right? So the problem is, when do we say, okay, am I creating my own God or am I believing in the one true God, the God that saves all, the God that saves that saves the ones that need to be saved, the one that actually came in the flesh and actually lived? Or am I creating this construct in my head? And the biggest problem we see is when people cherry pick the scriptures. And, and again, you might be like, Mike, what does all this have to do with evangelism? Because in, in 2023, maybe I should have prefaced this. When you look at the poll saying there's 63% Christians in the country, when you're evangelizing, you're evangelizing to a lot of people who think they're Christian. And, and we're not talking about heretics, false teachers. No, we're talking about people who have been misled by the devil. What does 2 Timothy chapter 2 say? Y'all should notice because everybody, everybody, every time people say, Mike, what's your favorite passage? I quote it. At the very end, verse 24 says, correcting them in gentleness, God may grant them repentance. And then what does it say? Coming to their senses and escaping the snare of the devil where they've been captured to do his will. They're not your enemies, these these Christians who aren't really Christians. They've been captured by your enemy. So you need to not treat them like that. Don't be the guy that goes out and goes, you're heretics, you're going to hell. That's not going to get anybody to listen to you. Instead, you have to present them with the truth and with love. And and you guys see it. Me and Justin can talk a good game, but you can go watch us. We po- This is why we also go live. We go live for two reasons. Justin's told y'all the one. The one reason is for protection of ourselves in case anything happens. The other reason is because we want you to see that we're not we're, we're practicing what we preach. If we're telling you guys that there's a way to evangelize without being negative and hateful and condemning, then we're going to show you how we do that. And you can go listen to everything that we've ever uploaded. We never sugarcoat sin. We never leave sin out, but we also never sugarcoat the truth. Like we, we, I mean, we never, we never, uh, uh, you know, we're not, we're not extra rough with that. I mean, sorry, I already said the sugarcoat part. Like we don't jam it down people's throats and say, yeah, like that. You saw Justin. He was like, Hey guys, can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, you said, you know, Jesus. And I love when you were talking to that one gentleman and, and you said something to him, you said, well, brother, you said you're saved. And I just want, I need to make sure that you know what yeah. that means. Like you could hear yeah. it in Justin's voice that it wasn't about, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm right. No, it was, I care enough about you that you're saying this with confidence, but I want to make sure you know what that means so that you can be confident. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the, uh, that was the group, those two guys and the girl that that individual right there too, was also saying that he was a Catholic and he tried to walk off and it's like in this area are Catholic by, but the thing is very tradition based. They're born that way. They're born into it. Yeah. Parents are heavily Catholic. And, 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 and when I started to talk to them, they, they, he, that the, the looks on their face and, and I'm trying to discern them, they acted like I just asked them a tough question that I was trying to stump them and they got uncomfortable and they wanted to walk off. And you heard me, man. I was like, no, man, I need to know that, you know, what you are saved by. You are saying you're saved. And right now by that individual, by his response, he's not saved. He's not saved. 
that 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 I'm gonna say it that that demon interrupted it and gave them an escape route because what happened that yeah. ended that conversation a woman ran up saying i want to get on the mic i'm jesus and it yeah the drunk lady walking away and they got halfway down the street before justin could turn to them and say guys wait what's your name and then yeah you said, remember I'm that like, I'm jesus i'm jesus yeah, you remember that? That's exactly what happened. This drunk lady came up and she grabbed the mic out of my hand and she said, I want to get on the mic in the middle. It was literally in the middle of me telling him, hey, man. Yes. And because of what she did, they started to walk away from the conversation and then they no longer wanted to engage anymore. And this is why I do enjoy having multiple people with us when we evangelize. See, people always say, like, I wish I could get out there. I wish I could do that, too. Not everybody needs to be on the mic. See, what a, a good way to evangelize is you have someone like Justin and myself going off and on the mic. And then you have others there that are strictly to talk with people one-on-one -on -one and pray with people and answer questions. That way, you know, the guy on the mic gets to entertain the obnoxious and 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 keep people, you know, focused on him. But what's happening is those silent people, the people that aren't in the spotlight, they're planting, they're sowing, they're working the ground, they're working the soil. And that's why I love it when we have large group, you know, a good group of people with us. And when it's just me and Justin, it's not as easy. And sometimes we can get distracted. Someone comes up and starts doing something. And let's be honest, that was a failure on our part that we should have just, we should have stiff under. <laughs> yeah, bro. Get it with the Lithuanian Tomlinson. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, <laughs> Even the individuals, like there was a, Mike, I don't know if you remembered, man, there was a, a vehicle. When we got to the, the second corner, when the black guy that came over there and stood behind us, there was a truck. I think it was a truck or a car of four people in it. What was interesting, man, they started to pull, pull down the road and they were yelling out the window, cussing at us. And they stopped yeah, immediately in the road and then they backed up. They backed up. Now, they were cussing at us. And I've seen a lot of times when street preachers are out in the streets, they're angry. They're saying, God hates you. Repent or perish. They would yell back at those individuals and, and try to fight fire with fire. And all I said to them was, bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. Because it, it does not uh, affect me. It does, it does not surprise me that we have individuals that are in the world that they hate us. They hate the message that we bring. That, that doesn't that doesn't affect me in any kind of way. We need to respond to them with bless you. God loves you. And we don't need to uh, cause the flame to to grow and, and blaze and all these things and provoke more anger. And hey, if this is why I tell individuals, this, this is why it is a self examining of yourself and testing and seeing that you be in the faith of serving individuals and just experiencing and going door to door and sharing your testimony and getting used to doing these things that it becomes natural to you. And it's when you start looking at Christ in your identity and, and really wanting him to work on your heart and, and learn and get equipped and, and, and smarter in the scriptures and how to articulate them and how to grow and how to get better and do all these things. When you're out there in the streets, none of that stuff matters. None of it matters. What we're doing and what they're doing are two different things and they should not so easily be able to get you off of the course because after all, just like we were talking about with the woman that came up and grabbed the mic, it's all about distraction from the goal and the task at hand. And I think too many times when we're evangelizing, we're on TikTok, we let the devil 
distract us from the goal and the purpose. And I think too many times people get wrapped up into these things and it's, it's showing a lot of individuals, man, they, they still got a lot of stuff to work on and why we're genuinely coming on here and trying to tell you guys, it's how we conduct ourselves. You should be focused on getting better at the message. You should know your identity in Christ. You should want to articulate it better. And whatever the world's doing is the world that should not rile you up. That's why I told a lot of people, man, that flag that was on the chosen scene and everybody got angry and upset no oh, oh did you see the chose uh did you see the flag that was on chosen and and the and the colors and all these things i said well what did you expect that's not church that's a secular show and i think they intentionally did that for a reaction just just my opinion but we always get so up in arms about what the world's doing and if you read in corinthian paul says about not judging the world, but judging with inside the church. And we're not actually looking at what's going on inside the church. And we're all shook up about what's happening in the world. We're going to present the gospel to the world, but it comes with presenting the gospel first. And then we can build these relationships to have these other conversations. And I always talk about sin out in the streets because I preach all aspects of God. We need to do these things. But if you ever hear me preaching, I say, we, 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 we. Not you, 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 you. I'm not standing over them. I'm not condemning them. I'm not greater than them. I want them to understand that this message is also for them too, man. And we gotta, we, we truly gotta become common to all men to win the gospel, to win the gospel, to win the more for the gospel. And uh, I just, I, I, you know, it is what it is. People get obsessed over things that they can't change, and that's beyond just Christianity. People will spend their entire day focusing on something 8,000 miles away, complaining about something they have no ability to impact, no ability to change. Like uh, whenever whenever a new celebrity comes out as a Christian, people hit me up, Mike, what are your thoughts on Kanye, right? I don't know him. I can't have a personal conversation with him. I can't disciple him. And I don't, I don't have the ability to ask him questions. Who cares what I think? Who cares about that person? Like, no offense. Same thing goes with events. Mike, what do you think about this thing happening over here in, you know, Kentucky? I can't go over there and, and be involved in that. What, what about our neighborhood? What about our yeah. city? What about the people here? And, 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 and Justin, uh, you know, he hit it out the park right there when he said that, you know, there's just so many things that people want to focus on outside of the church that are irrelevant to us. Um, and then you also said something about, you know, responding with, with love. And I wanted to touch on that and just say, I see it on TikTok. I see Christians in my comment section attacking each other, defending me too sometimes, right? Like someone yeah. will say something and the question wasn't rude. It was just a question. And then there's people that will comment like, oh, you didn't understand what he said, you clown. Like, it's like, you guys are yeah. not, stop that. And especially when atheists come at me, don't. I don't defend me against an atheist because I don't want to see you doing that in your own life. What Justin said is the exact truth. We're meant to respond with love because here's the truth. If the world thinks that we're hateful, if there's no hate like Christian love, if, if the world thinks that we're bigoted, if the world thinks all these things, when they act that way, why would you be the version of Christianity they think you are? Why would you be that for them? Because that's all you're doing. If you respond the way they want you to respond, they won. Because whether or not you have a banger with your comeback, you destroy them with your words, you proved their point. And anybody watching now believes what they said. 
because it's like, well, nah, man, yeah. they did say Christians are, you know, they, they act one way, but they really secretly hate X, Y, and Z. Well, this Christian that I knew was real loving, but then as soon as someone came in there and cursed at him, he turned into a, he turned into a crazy dude. Like, I, I, I don't know if I really want to be involved in that. Always remember that the people that matter are the ones that aren't speaking. They're watching from a distance. They're watching from the silent area. That's why I tell people all the time when people say, Mike, why do you always respond? How do you keep doing it? And I say what? I'm always saying I'm doing it for the silent viewers because you got to keep your mind on that. And not just the people like me or Justin that are in the spotlight. Everyone in today's society has people silently watching them because we live in the age where everybody's watching everything. Social media, everything is public. In the world, we're always people watching. At all times, you are representing Christ. And if you want to represent him properly, you got to do so even in those moments where you don't want to, even in those fleshly moment, no, uh, moments. Hey, Justin, yeah. take over for like two seconds. Let me tell my wife good night. She just texted me, so I want to text her. I'll be right back. Uh Okay, and 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 uh, I want to remind you guys on this, man. It, Mike, Mike hit on it best, man. Um, somebody is always watching. You may not notice, you may not hear from them. Let me let me give you guys a. Uh, oh, and don't mind me. I'm out here by the pool uh, with my daughter. My 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 uh, uh, my little girl Hannah had chemo today, and today was not a good day. Um, she's, she's really sick today, uh, and, and all these things. So if my service is not that good, you see me out here. That's why I had to come outside. But, uh, I, I want to kind of use a reference on that point of what Mike is talking about. And this is why I'm constantly hitting on the things of examining yourself, getting less and less of responding to comments, stitching videos, doing all these things, responding to every false doctrine that somebody tags you in and all these things that's not our job to do these things we need individuals teaching individuals to stand on the word of god know what they are defending give a defense and do it from your platform or speak on the things from your platform that is not stirring up dissension and strife now an atheist or an individual that comes into your comment section and starts mocking and scoffing and putting laugh out loud or laughing emojis they're doing that on purpose because a lot of times they already know the Christian's going to respond and they're trying to get a rise out of you. Same instance. Do you know how many people has reached out to me since Hannah, uh, since she had a, a, a uh, her tumor taken out um, and her kidney taken out that has been listening to live teachings? And they, they always say, and I'm, I'm OK with this. I, I, I tell you, it takes a lot to offend me. If you ever offend me, you'll know that that a boundary was crossed. And usually that happens when it involves my family. That doesn't happen pertaining to me, but they used to say, Hey, Justin, man, I, I came across your videos on TikTok, man. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was listening to you and your voice and all these things. You sounded very arrogant. And I was just like, man, that guy is so arrogant. He's so nasty, but I kept coming back to your platform, man. I kept coming back to your platform because man, you were teaching the word and I, I, I'm so glad that I stuck around, man. And then I'll have other individuals. I'll have other individuals and I'll be like, man, thank you, man. He's like, I've, I've come to know you. I love you. That's just who you are. I respect who you are. And man, thank you because the, the, the teachings that you've done, even when I was listening in the back, uh, you didn't know I was listening in the back, but I was listening, man. And I'm glad I stuck around or another individual. I have individuals who have lost children, who have had uh, family members that are dealing with cancer. Also individuals that have been 
beat up, battered and bruised and are, are angry with God that have been listening to the teachings and they've been watching how we represent Christ. And they have reached out to me, especially after uh, what happened to Hannah. And they said, Justin, man, I felt this was as good a time as ever to reach out to you. I wanted to let you know, man, I've been watching you in the background for a very long time. And something about what's going on with your daughter and your conviction and how you represent Christ compelled me to finally reach out to you, man, and say thank you. Because there was a moment that I found your videos on TikTok that I was angry with God. And because of your strong conviction, because of your teaching and what's going on with you and your situations, and I can see that you're standing and what God is doing in your life, it has encouraged me and I'm coming back to God. Do you know how humbling that is? And then do you you know what it does to the testimony of Jesus Christ when we have Christians that are sitting online bickering about scriptures and there's people in the comment section wanting to hear the word and it's becoming unfruitful and all those people are so wrapped up in who's right and who's this and trying to be theologically smart they're leaving the people that are legitimately wanting to know behind and we look foolish we're misrepresenting christ on tiktok we're misrepresenting christ on youtube we're misrepresenting christ in the public and it's not that you're struggling with things that is the problem that's not the problem don't ever think that that's the problem you have a will and a desire where there's a will there's a way right and jesus wills us to be better it's not the problem that you're struggling because we struggle with things that's a part of sanctification it will get easier it will get better the problem is we don't know how to reflect and act right in the public forum as a representation of christ jesus we don't know how to okay i'm struggling with things i know how to act for some reason when we get out on the scene with other individuals we begin to form this new image we forget forget to represent so forget so easily who we're representing you're representing a king a holy god in heaven and if you look in the old old past and the way that people represented kings and queens it was a high honor and they were knew how to represent these people properly they knew and they had a reverence for the kings and the queens the problem is we lack in that area we lack in working on ourselves we lack in selfless love of making sure that you're still ministering to an individual that's lost christ leaves the 99 self-righteous and he always goes off for the one that has gone astray the problem is we're forgetting about the ones that have gone astray and we want to be right we got to create an image of ourselves. we have to be so theologically smart and we're this is the problem and this is why i will continue to hit people with a stern speech and being raw and real and i'm going to get people to think and i'm gonna hit you in the heart because i want you to really think if you're working on yourself don't worry about what anybody else is doing and you will get better at representing Christ in the public forum. And we won't have to have this problem that continues with self-professing Christians by title. And this goes hand in hand with one of the very first episodes that we had on here um, when I discussed with Drew about Christians and how we walk online. Because when we're Christians, right, we, we, we learn how to... Um, Good night, my love. I see my wife commenting in YouTube. I love you with all my heart, and I hope you have an amazing hey, night. Sleep. <laughs> hey! Um, <laughs> but we, so 
as Christians, we teach our children and we teach our youth like, hey, when you're a Christian, you have to walk like this. You have to carry yourself a certain way. You got to represent Christ. Right. But then we have this age of social media, which is growing faster than we could ever imagine. Right. You, if you look at how communication evolved over the course of history, if it was a bar graph or a line graph, it would be across like this for most of human history, slightly growing. And then over the last 20 years, it just did that. Right. We have grown technology wise and communication wise in the last 20 years at an at a word I can't even pronounce when we talk about beyond quintillion like I'm talking about percentage wise and with how fast we're growing in that people are not adapting so we have a group of people and in, in, if you look at Christians, you either have the older Christians who don't really treat the internet with the respect that it should be we're treated with because this is a public forum. As Justin just said, this is this is a place where you exist. It is a virtual environment, whether you want to admit it or not. And then the youth that are growing up in it also don't respect it, but for the opposite reason, right? They 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 they're growing up in it, so they're viewing it a certain way, and they're not thinking long term. I tell people all the time, you know that we're going to be the first generation where grandchildren are going to be able to know everything about their grandparents' lives. Like my generation and prior, we got pictures and yeah. some stories. But y'all's generations, the younger than me generations, you're going to be able to uh, they're, they're going to be able to look at their grandparents online because it doesn't go anywhere. It's not erasing. And I, and I say this to the young women. The young women who are online, you know, sharing certain images and doing the whole like looking backwards. And you know what I'm saying? Like your grandkids one day. I know we don't want to think that far ahead. Nobody ever wants to think that far ahead. Same thing with the young men, the way we act online. This is it's ingrained. It's not going anywhere. And how we walk and act online matters as well. Since this is a virtual environment. You can't just go on yeah. here and be like, well, I'm here I don't have to be a Christian on here. I'm a little profile picture. And that's the thing. We view each other as just a, a profile picture. Like a lot of these people that we see every single week, whenever I see Kodiak, it's a K. And, and every time I see Justin, it's that same picture. But over the course of time, we start to just think that that's all that person is, is that name on a screen. We're not viewing that person as a person made in God's image that deserves respect and love regardless on agreements and disagreements and things like that. Because as it says in James chapter three, with our with our tongue, we bless our Lord and father. But then with the same tongue, we curse the very person made in his image. These are more yeah. than just and this goes especially for TikTok. That person you're talking to is not just a picture on the screen. It's not just a name that comes up and says, what's up, man? Like that's a human being. And no matter how they act, we are called as Christians to love our enemies feed our enemies, give drink to our enemies. The Bible doesn't say love those who love you. And if they're disrespectful, you can rebuke them sharply. There's only two spots of the Bible that talk about sharp rebuke. And it's never for scoffers. It's for people who are teaching things they ought not teach, right? So a public and sharp rebuke would be for someone who's teaching that, you know, Christ's blood didn't save anyone, right? That person needs a, a sharp rebuke, right? That's not no. the same thing as the guy that's just uh, an ignorant fool, right? In fact, the Bible tells you not to argue with them, right? So guys, I beg you, when you're online, stop looking at it as a different environment. I know it's hard to do so because like I said, the internet has grown so fast that it's it just happened. Like, come on guys, anyone my age, 
35, right? I'm 35. So if you're my age, you were around when it was dial up. Matter of fact, you were around before internet was really wide, widespread. Then we got to see dial up internet. Then we got AOL and some messenger, MySpace. And literally over the course of a couple years, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like one minute, your phone can barely even send a text message. Next minute, you could do everything on your phone. And we've had to adapt full speed with it. And let's just be honest, we haven't done well as a society because the internet is a terrible place, 90% of it. Is there good things on the internet? Yes, of course. So great ways that we can share knowledge, share fellowship. But I mean, most of the internet is hateful things and porn. Like those are the two largest uh, internet you know, sources uh, or things that you can find on the internet is hate and and lust. Those are the two largest things. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, hey, David, I know you're on here listening, man. Thank you for sending me a text and tell me to wipe my camera. I just saw that. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm, my wife always tells me, she's like, Justin, wipe your, wipe your camera off. And, and I, I man, I, I tell you what, sometimes, man, I'm with all this technology and stuff, man. I, literally, man, I'm, I'm good at pressing live and start. I don't wipe nothing off. I don't do none of these things. So uh, I definitely am a, a, a person that would have done better in, you know, past generations. That's why I'm glad I'm an 80s kid. And I remember when we had uh, pagers and telephone and <laughs> or, or the payphone, and, and we didn't have all these things. I know that sounds crazy. I know this is the I luxury. Know, dude, of, I remember getting dropped off <laughs> by my mom. And when it's time for me to get picked up, I will go get on the payphone and I will call collect and my message would be, I'm ready for a pickup. Like, that's it. So she would answer yeah. and it would be like, you have a call from, I'm ready for a pickup. And then she declines the call and she, and I know where to meet her, right? So that was easy. So for anyone that's under, I guess, <laughs> under 35, if you're under 30 right now, you're probably like, what, what are they talking about, right? So there used to be these phones. Listen here, that were <laughs> in the wall outside. Oh my goodness, right? And you had to put money in it to use it. And no one carried change on them, really, because we were in that generation where the payphone wasn't a heavily used object either, right? Because we were starting to move away from it. So back in our parents' generation, they actually carried the quarters around because they had to use the payphone. Our generation <laughs> learned how to scam the payphones. We were like, nah, we're going to just call everybody, collect, use the voice message, and, and we would communicate that way. In fact... They had to change it a little bit. So no, you can't do this no more. But um, okay, we're gonna go back into Mike's previously before he saved life. When I had friends that would go to jail, the way we we would communicate is via the voice message because you got to record it every time you called. So it would literally yeah. be like, you have a call from <laughs> Hey yo, Mike, I'm da, 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 da. And yeah. when you hear it, you're you're able to send a message back right away because they can hear you answer it and you would just go back and forth that way. Um, but yeah, no, we used to have phones in the wall. I miss payphones, man. They were pretty cool. Dude, does anybody even have – I know we're off topic a little bit, and I got to get off in like five to ten minutes, Mike. My phone's going to die, but I know we're off topic a little bit, but does anybody even have a house phone anymore, or is it just cell phone? I actually have one right in front of me, but we got it disconnected because <laughs> we never used it. So we had one because when my dad looked at me, he he wanted one. So I got one, Um, but – Nobody, I don't, I didn't give the number to anybody. Cause it was like, I don't want to give my house number to people. Like, cause then they're going to call yeah. my house number. 
Well, bro, it's like this, man. This this whole virtual reality world, and like I said, I know we're off topic from from the gospel and all that stuff a little bit and evangelizing, but it's interesting, man. What we how we progress and how it works and and what we go into. I don't know if you guys remember when they first came out with the advertisement for metaverse or, or virtual reality and, and how we started out with typewriters and, and going into internet and computers and all these things. Do you know what was interesting? The re reason I'm bringing this up, bro, cause it just, it just popped in my head because this is the reality of what it's going to be. Um, for, for some individuals that are, they, they get so sucked up into virtual reality. They were literally having church in this metaverse world where they were like baptizing people in this virtual. <laughs> oh my goodness. How do you baptize in an avatar? Like you could be an avatar. You could come into this metaverse world and you we're, we're baptizing. We're having church and they have the glasses on. And I was like, Whoa, like what, are, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Well, I'll, do I'll play some Texas Hold'em in VR. That's about it. I couldn't imagine going to church in there. But then again, I can imagine people doing it. And hey, look, the, the metaverse to me is like the Tower of Babel. Uh, man <laughs> trying to create his own universe. Um, his yeah, own bro. Yeah, bro. And and like I said, man, this is why. OK, like I said, I got five, roughly five to ten minutes. I got I got uh, a few percent left. This is why I tell individual, I love uh, meeting all the people that I've met. I love the relationship that I've formed with Mike. I love the relationship with all the people that I've formed on Discord. I'm so grateful for these platforms. And I love coming on here and ministering to people who don't have a church or can't find a church and all these things. I love that. I love to teach the word of God. I love serving people. That's where my heart is. So I love to pour into people, even in the midst of my struggles. And I'm always trying to get better. I have a reverence for the word and I'm a student of the word. So I want to get better. Even if I make mistakes, cause we're all going to make mistakes. We don't know everything, but I'm going to tell you what, it does not be face to face interaction. And I'm going to tell you what, I want you to be careful with these social media because the whole thing and I, I want you to remember three years ago when people were isolating and doing virtual reality church and praising behind the tv and doing all these things and fear that crept in i want you to remember now the isolation and the mind going into these things instead of actually having personal interaction and relationships and touch and going to individuals that is important when ministering the gospel, we have got to be with people and building relationships and not isolating inside and, 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 and fueling all this social media. And I guarantee you a lot of all of us on here has woke up in the mornings instead of praying, has grabbed our phones and jumped on TikTok. All of us. And, and, and because of it, and if you think about that phrase, TikTok, TikTok, how you get stuck in the phone just scrolling scrolling and scrolling then you find yourself off in it man this is not this is, we're using this platform to minister to preach and teach but this is not the end all be all things we are out there people relationships there's a lot of people that don't even have these platforms they'll never go back into a church unfortunately because of the way people represented christ people relationships so relationship with god and then fellowship we've got to have the interactions We've got to have the interactions. It's got to be personal. It has to be. Amen. In fact, I'll say it this way. The personal relationships are so powerful that, that I can say that 
my best memories with uh, Justin are already the couple times that we've actually been able to come together in person and spend time together. Like, no matter what, it's not the same uh, when you're on phones with each other. Like, yeah, you can communicate and have deep dialogues with people on the internet, in discords, on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. But it's not the same as being close to each other and fellowshipping and laughing and, and just enjoying company. Um, and, and just doing those things. So yeah, I, that's why I keep telling people like uh, the Discord. You guys, I know you. A lot of people love it, and some people treat it as their their main fellowship. But I will always say, guys, let this be temporary. Even if that temporary is a long temporary, always be looking. Always be looking for real fellowship with people that can hug you, uh, 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 shake your hand, uh, cry on your shoulder, vice versa, and be there for you uh, because it's important. I mean, physical touch is an important thing. That's why babies that don't get touched are more likely to die. Like there's actual like statistics behind that, that babies have to be touched in order to properly grow. Human beings need physical touch. And that's why depression was so high during the COVID years, because there were people that were cooped up and not getting physical touch. And when I say physical touch, I don't mean intimate. I mean, just physical touch, like a handshake, yeah. a high five, a, a hug, uh, 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 laughing and putting your hand on your friend's shoulder and be like, bro, you're crazy. That physical touch, it shares like that energy amongst each other. Yeah. And, you know, I, this, this is why, man, I, 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 when I'm reading the old Testament, the way back then and the simpler thing and how longer generations were and how God was able to sustain generations and how they would gather in each other's houses and fellowships and, and, and gather together in synagogues and the things that they do, they were, they were constantly gathering together. And if you think about it, man, what happens like if we were to ever have, like we were to lose all this, you know what I'm saying? Think about the people that you're listening to a lot of times still. And let, let's just let's just get down to the reality. A lot of individuals still, even amongst the people that we're preaching to, if something was to happen to the individual that you're listening to, is that going to deter your faith walk? Like all of a sudden they're gone. I don't see them on 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 TikTok or, or YouTube anymore. And now, oh, no, what am I going to do? Do you know how many people when I came off of Facebook, I had a huge account on Facebook that I deleted uh, I had over 5,000 some people. I deleted it and I shared the testimony of why I deleted. Do you know how many people got angry with me and said, Justin, you left us. You left us hanging. You did all these things. It, it was never supposed to be about me. I was trying to push you into the scripture. And that's the reality that we have. And it's so I'm going to tell you what, it's uncomfortable to me. I don't like when people are like, uh, honestly, I don't even like when people say, Justin, you're a man of God. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable and I get to just and I understand because I want it all to go to Christ. I want Christ to have all the glory. It really makes me uncomfortable. And I know that this is the reality of, of what happens when you're and there are people, man, that I understand that are like lower in the faith and they look up to you. And that's great. We want to follow leaders that that lead by example and are loving. And I, I'd follow that individual like Christ. I idolize Christ. If I'm going to use the word idolize, I idolize Christ. I want to be like Christ. He is my hero. He is my Superman. He is my everything. I want to be like Christ. I idolize Jesus Christ trying to figure out how can I be like Christ even more. But the sad reality, man, is. 
what happens in your life, man? If, if you lose these things, is it, is it going to wreck your world? Are you, are you going into the town and, and, and sharing your testimony and getting better? Cause the purpose of this for me is to equip you so that you can be comfortable so that as you go out into your town, you can share your testimony. And then guess what happens? There's this chain reaction and this trickle down effect where you meet people and then they come into your house and then you're building relationships with individuals. Oh, and then they start opening up to you because they start to know you and our word is our bond because let our yes be yes and our no be no. And this is what I do, man. I like going to towns. I like going to different states. I love traveling. I'm getting ready to go to Philadelphia at the end of this month into Kensington, Philadelphia, in one of the highest drug infested areas because I had a ministry reach out and want me to go in there. Do you know what an honor and how exciting that is? I get to go see people that are struggling that are looking for something. They think God forgot about them. They're, they're, they're at the end. They're at their brokenness that God has brought them to and they're praying. And this is what I said, man, this cannot be the, this, excuse me, this cannot be the end all be all thing for us. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what, Mike, and I'm going to get off in a second, man. Um, we'll use the platforms for what it's to be used for. And, uh, but, but don't, don't have your dependence. Don't let this be your, your new addiction that you just traded up one addiction for another addiction, because as the human individuals, and then when we trade this addiction in or the other addiction for this addiction, we're going to get stagnant and it's going to become all about social media. And when it becomes all about social media, we start seeing people pushing images of themselves and their followings. And it's no longer about Christ. And this is what happens when people get deep off in the social media. This is why the Bible commands a commandment. If you want to talk about a commandment, he commands us to gather as the saints. And that's also what sets us apart and is a unique separate from the world. So with that being said, bro, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to let you take it over, man, because my phone is about to die. I want to tell everybody on here, I love you guys. Mike, I love you. We're going to go out this weekend to Elm Street. As you guys all saw the video that we shared with the man and whatever he was, guardian angel, man of God, um, signs and wonders follow those that believe. And it was very encouraging for us to be able to show people when you're not looking for God, you're not expecting, you're not seeking these signs because they already follow us. He shows up in the mist that is so unexplainable that when you step back and you start hearing all these confirmation and it's you, you, you just it, it baffles the mind. And then we put it out. It was very encouraging to share exactly what happened Saturday night and why that was significant. And Mike knows everybody else knows I don't talk about dreams. I don't look for these things. These aren't things that we put out. So when we do put these things out. There's a reason that we're putting it out. And I was just as much encouraged, Mike. I'm sure you were. My wife was thousands of other people that did something for her. And because of that, that touched me. And that's what it's all about. And I hope it touched you guys. Mike, I'm going to jump off, buddy. I love you. I got to get this little girl upstairs. You guys pray for my daughter. Um, she's a little sick today from her chemo. And I just, I appreciate everybody that I've come to know and love. And thank you for allowing me um, to minister uh, the gospel into your life and, and just being the blessing. And, and you guys bless us more sometimes, but I'm thankful that you guys have allowed me to be uh, in your life and, and the relationships that we build. feel like I've known some of you guys forever. And Mike, 
we've grown really close, bro. And I love you, man. I love what you're doing and we're going to keep pushing. So get ready for Saturday, man. Amen, brother. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk later. I'll text you afterwards or probably tomorrow morning. Regardless, though, I, I talk to you often, so I'm going to talk <laughs> to you as soon as I'm done this anyway. So we'll talk soon, brother. God bless, man. Sounds good. Love you guys. Peace, peace, peace. I'll see you soon. So um, a couple things uh, uh, I wanted to add on to what he was saying. Um, but I wanted to let him have his chance to, you know, say goodbye and whatnot. But he he brought up a great point that I've said before on live streams that I've had to actually come to terms with. Because um, if you want to, because uh, I know a lot of people tell me they want to start going live when they get on TikTok and they want to preach to people or they want to read just to read the Bible. And I, and I know that there are some people that that do that already that follow me. And one thing that I've been trying to really share with those people that I talk to privately about it that ask me for advice is. Don't let this idea that you are, are, are need to be there and that people need you because sometimes you get these people that go live for like 15 hours at a time because they just feel like I have to stay on because someone needs to ask me this question. And, and like they want when they want to get off and people are like, no, don't go, don't go. They're like, all right, I'll stay on longer. It, when I'm about to get off, when people say, no, Mike, don't get off, that sends me off even more. Because if you're relying on me, like by all means, I enjoy fellowshipping with you guys. But if any of you are relying on me alone, that's not good. I, as someone commented, uh, a Catholic commented once on my post recently, and he thought this was an insult, saying anyone who follow or, or people following you, are you're leading them into hell or something like that, right? I said, man, if anybody's following me, they deserve it. Because I'm just a man. Don't follow me. I'm walking. I'll walk side by side with you, but don't follow me. We follow Jesus together. Let's follow Jesus together. Um, don't let it become about you. Like, let me make that very clear. If you want to do what me and Justin do, if you want to do, just go live and talk to people, don't let it be about you. It's okay to get your rest. I'm so glad that I started to learn that because many of you know, in the beginning of this, I was going live a lot. I mean, I was going live a lot because I felt like, man, these people are saying that they never had someone answer these questions. I got to keep going live. What if someone needs, needs a question answered? What if someone needs this? What if someone needs this? And my pastor reminded me of something um, because he mentors me when it comes to this stuff a little bit. He said, Mike, God gave you the same 24 hours he gave everyone else. That was deep, just hearing that. And he said, he's not expecting you to not sleep. He, he wants you to have your sleep, your rest, your time for yourself because you need it. Like if you give it to people, they're going to keep taking from you until you have nothing left. So that's why I try to, like I said, I, I have my podcast nights, Monday and Wednesday. I'll pop up live in between that occasionally and, and I'm in and out, right? I'm not about to sit here and because if I if I really sat there and just said, I'm going to answer questions, y'all know this if you've been in my live streams, I could go for days because people will keep coming in, people will keep having questions and the questions will never stop. So you have to be able to say, I can't, I, I got to go guys. Right. So and Justin made the point right there, like when he left his what he was doing on Facebook, people got upset. Justin brought up another good point, too. He said, what if we die? What if we're gone? Guys, what if tomorrow morning while I'm driving home, I get into an accident and I'm gone? Don't let me be what you rely on for Bible study. By all means, join me. Right. Like, obviously, I'm trying to grow a platform here to share with you guys and have this fellowship and and enjoy this podcast uh, twice a week. I get to see a lot of a uh, lot of uh, friendly faces that I've grown um, 
in a relationship with. I see you guys often. I see you guys twice a week. And I, I wish I saw saw you real instead of a, a picture. It makes me really actually crave, uh, you know, working in a church because you get to actually interact with people. Um, not that I want to leave you guys or anything, but um, I wish I could see you guys for real. But at the end of the day, like you guys are definitely a part of my life and I love you guys to death, especially the familiar faces. But like, let that be what it is. Fellowship. If, if I die tonight, I hope that I've had people say to me once, uh, I don't read the Bible, but uh, I do tune into you every time you're live. That's my Bible reading time. I was like, no, don't do that. I know there might be some people that enjoy that kind of a statement. Nah, bro, don't put me. I'm not. Mm -mm, don't put that on me. Matter of fact, if you be like, if you're like Mike, you're the, you know, you're the one I put my 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 trust in, you know, to make sure I get everything right in my faith. Don't put that on me. Don't put your salvation on me because I'm not going to be standing next to you when you stand before the Lord. I'm not. I'm willing to admit that. I know some people might not. Some people really want their followers. Some people really want their platforms to grow, grow, grow. Trust me. Trust me. Come to me. Come to me. Nah. By all means, come fellowship with me. That's why. What is the title of every one of my live streams on TikTok? Fellowship. That's what it is. I don't even put like Bible teaching. If you learn during the fellowship, then you learn. But it's fellowship. And anyone who's joined me for more than two live streams, you know that I'm going to start recognizing you and building relationships with you. Now, I might forget some specific details because I talk to a lot of people, <laughs> as you guys probably are aware. And I already suck with my memory. I, I doubt my wife is still on here because um, she's got to be up early in the morning. She was on here earlier. But if she is in here this is where she would give a big amen when I say that my memory sucks. I'd be like, babe, what? Hey, did you say tomorrow we're doing what? Where are we going again? She'd be like, I just told you. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So if I ever don't recognize your profile picture or whatever, <laughs> please forgive me. Um, but all right, guys, let, let, let's, let's digress a little bit and um, let's summarize a little bit of what we talked about too, because we went off the rails before I dive into this uh, other thing that I want to do, which honestly, I don't know if we even have enough time because it might be kind of long, but we could, we could touch on it a little bit. But um, the main thing we wanted to talk about is the fact that guys, we have to know the gospel. We have to practice. If we're not, if you're not good at articulating the gospel, practice it. If for real, people ask me all the time, Mike, what's some advice you can give for, for evangelism, knowing how to present the gospel. So in communication, which is my, my major, my degree, um, there's something called an elevator pitch that everybody that's a professional should have, should have that they work on, whether it's a promotion elevator pitch or an entrepreneur pitch. What I mean by that is let's say that you have a business you want to start. You should have an elevator pitch ready to go at any time of the day. If you run into that person that you have the opportunity to present it to and you maybe can get an investor. Let's say you have a job that you want to get promoted in. You should have an elevator pitch always ready for in case you get that moment to explain why you deserve that promotion. Let's say you're looking for a job. You should have an elevator pitch on who you are to present yourself in case you end up in an elevator with someone that can offer you a job. That's why it's called an elevator pitch. It's the scenario of being in an elevator with someone. As a Christian, you should all have a gospel elevator pitch. How long are you in an elevator? Two minutes? 90 seconds? Tops? 
right? I mean, unless it's a really big building. Can you get the gospel out in 90 seconds? Now, I'm not saying it's got to be the greatest sounding, you know, full, in-depth gospel message, but can you pop it out? Like, if you really needed to, if you're interacting with a human being and and, and there's a moment for you to tell them the gospel because they're like, well, I'm interested. Are you going to be like, well, uh, I would recommend Google it. Or or the worst thing you could do, listen, I'm this is my sales mind speaking right here. The worst thing you could do if someone shows you interest in hearing the gospel is sending them off and saying, go read the Bible. If they're not reading the Bible already, just talking to you, they're not going to go open the Bible. And if they do go open the Bible, they might not open it in the right place to where they're going to get any kind of understanding. Why do you think the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God? not reading the word of God, because people don't just open scriptures. Even back then, the scriptures existed. People didn't just read them, but they went to the scriptures because why? Because they had faith once the word was preached to them. That's still the case today. It is very rare that someone comes to faith because they read the Bible. Now, granted, that does happen. You've got people that go to jail and grab a Bible, or you got people that you know, grew up in a home where there was a Bible and eventually they touched it and they grabbed it. But you ready for the little curveball about to throw out there? I would be willing to bet there's not a single person who came to faith from reading the Bible that never heard the gospel prior to that. Because why would you pick that book up and read it? There's billions of books on the planet. Why would you touch it, right? This isn't my Bible, but I'm using it as an example. Clearly, if someone did come to faith from reading it, they started reading it because they're like, well, what is that stuff I heard those Christians talking about? Or whatever it may be, I heard someone say. Now, is there a chance that someone opened up the Bible completely randomly and read it and came to faith? Sure. But guess what? That's the marginal. That's 1%. Faith comes by hearing. So, and I, I see it all the time. One of the most upsetting responses I see on TikTok, man, I'm going to be honest with you, a little moment of transparency. I love my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, all the people that follow my page. Some of you suck at advice. And I look at it in the comment section like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have responded. People come in there asking for some serious questions, right? And some people's responses just be like, pray about it. If you think that Christian is not already praying about it, then what, what, what do you think that these Christians that are asking other human beings for advice aren't praying about it? I'd like to know, is that really, is that really your response? If a Christian came up to you and said, I'm dealing with depression, I'm, I'm dealing, I'm struggling with my faith, and I can't find in the word what people tell me they find when it comes to comfort. Are you really going to say, just pray about it? Do you think that they haven't, that hasn't crossed their mind? And then you'll hear. Don't go asking people that. You'll see people comment. Don't ask people that. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. What if they don't know how to recognize what the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit communicates? Heck, the person commenting that probably can't recognize the Holy Spirit. They're probably talking about their own uh, uh, inner monologue because a lot of Christians confuse the Holy Spirit with their inner monologue. You could tell when you have conversations with them. You'd be like, no. Bro, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was you. And that's a dangerous thing. Oh, or you'll get the comment. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. Like, look, don't get me wrong. Are there people asking questions that probably don't read the Bible? Yes. But most likely that Christian's in the Bible, but they don't know where to start. 
What did the what did the Ethiopian say? Now, granted, he wasn't saved yet, but what did he say? To, what did the uh, eunuch say to Philip? He said, "What are you reading?" He said, "I don't know. How could I know unless someone tells me, unless someone teaches me?" Jesus did not say, "Go forth and just preach the gospel and keep moving." He said, "Go forth and make." disciples. And this is one thing that you've heard JD and myself and Justin really emphasize. There is a lack of discipleship because again, and it look, see how this all goes full circle because we have people that are coming to Jesus, not for the gospel. They got told Jesus offers all this stuff. Go to church, just read your Bible. You'll be good. They go to the Bible. They read what they want out of the Bible. They get what they want out of the Bible. They make, they build the, they build a bear with God. They go into the build a bear of God's workshop and they say, I want a little bit of, uh, I want heaven. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get a little heaven. Um, what's that? The flee youthful passions? No, 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 no. I don't want that. Um, oh, give me the not to judge part. You want Matthew 7? No, 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 not the whole thing. No, I don't want the whole thing. Let me get the first three words. Just the not judge part. Let me get that. What's that right there? Okay, let me get the sharp rebuke one. Yeah, let me get that. Man, look at this bear I got. This build a Christian. It says, don't judge me. I can do whatever I want. Keep your faith between you and God. I can piece together some scriptures too if I really wanted to build my own religion. Let me tell you this right now. The Bible, we say this all the time. The Bible is not a codex. You don't get to just go in there and be like, I like this verse and this verse and this verse and this verse. You can't do that. The authors weren't writing in a verse format. This ain't no haiku. They were writing letters. None of you, when you get a letter in the mail, walk out and be like, oh, snap, grandma wrote me a letter. And then you open it, you buy page one, no. Page two, <laughs> no. Page three, middle of the paragraph. Oh, grandma said that she's so proud of me and then throw the whole letter out. That ain't how y'all read letters. It's not. You also wouldn't read a letter from grandma and then go to a letter from your mom to define what grandma was talking about. You're going to read grandma's entire letter. She probably going to go ahead and explain what she meant in the first paragraph. I don't know about you guys. I know we live. Maybe this is <laughs> maybe, man, it's all for full circle. Maybe it's the advance in technology that has screwed people because y'all don't write letters no more. I don't know if you know this, but when you write a letter, sometimes you'll hint at something that you're going to explain later, right? Sometimes you're writing and you'll say something and then you'll keep going because you don't want to stop every time you to explain everything because then your letter is going to be just a bunch of commas and a bunch of inserts of stuff. But then later you'll go and you'll, you'll double down on it and kind of hash out what you mentioned on page one. That's how you write a letter. Guess what? Oh man, guess what, guys? The Bible authors do that too. I promise, for real, for real. You'd be surprised what'll happen. I told Justin recently, I'm, I, so you could tell when Christians never actually read the entire letter sometimes when you're having a discussion, when they're quoting out of a letter and you're like, bro, you, you, have you read that entire letter straight front to back before? Because man, the way you explaining it, it sounds like you don't even know why he wrote that letter. Because people pull pull Hebrews out sometimes to talk about something ain't got nothing to do with it. Like, bro, you ever read Hebrews front to back? You know why Hebrews was written? Hmm? 
You know why Timothy was written? So look, here's the here's the, here's the real advice. If you've never read the entire letter front to back, don't quote it. I'm not saying don't quote the Bible. I'm just trying to tell you that's its other thing. Someone will hear what I said and they'll say, oh, look, he's saying don't quote the Bible. No, I'm just saying go read the letter. Is it that hard that you so badly want to quote something you've never read that instead of going to read it, you'll say I'm telling you not to quote it? I'm just saying this, being honest with you. If you've never read Romans from Romans 1 to Romans 16, is it 16 or 15? Whatever, 16. Don't go quoting Romans until you've read it all, just to make sure, because you'd be surprised when you read it from front to back and you actually, it's all fresh in your mind what Paul said four pages ago. You'd be like, oh, snap. Paul wasn't just saying something random right here. Paul was expounding on what he said four pages ago. Bro, I've been sitting here acting like Paul, but man, I'm telling you guys, telling you, but people don't know the gospel. People don't know what, what it is that we're supposed to believe, but they do know what they've been told and what they want to believe. So they'll stand on that heavily and they'll fight back hard. This is why people get so offended when I say, you know, the Bible never actually says repent of your sins, right? Oh, you're such a fool, the, 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 the heretic. Bible, the, the Bible doesn't say repent of your sins. You, you do realize that that doesn't even make grammatical sense, right? The word repent means to have a change of mind and a change of inner man. You know that, right? It's This is a change. It's not asking for forgiveness. But people have used the word repent so much that they think it's ask for forgiveness. So they'll say, man, I got to repent daily. Hey, you messed up. You need to repent for that. Wait, what? That's not even the proper. Go ahead. Just say ask for forgiveness. Say you should probably ask God for forgiveness. Because people are not being discipled. People are not being instructed. And we see it all the way down in the bottom of the bottom uh, when it comes to just in the comment sections. And we see it in the highest levels of discipleship not happening. People all think all you need to do is read your Bible by yourself and just come to the conclusion you want. Guys, sola scriptura is not solo scriptura. It's not me and my Bible all by myself and whatever I want the Bible to say. Because here's the thing, there's so much in this book. Let me actually, I keep holding up other books when I'm talking about the Bible. So just to give respect to the word of God, there's so much in this that no matter how long I study it, I'm not going to have it all memorized. But here's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. I might be really good with this much. And Cam might be really good with this much. And Justin might be really good with this much. And JD might be really good with this much. And Lindsay right there, she might be really good with this much. And Jesse might be really good with this much. So when we have fellowship together, we can keep each other grounded and in line with scripture. Because I know this over here. So I'm going to like, brothers, we got to stay line, man. Remember what Paul said and this, this, and that. And then JD is like, well, brother, that does, that goes right hand in hand with what, what, what we saw with uh, Paul saying in so-and-so. And then uh, Lindsay's like, yeah, just like when David said in Psalms, blah, 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 blah. But then but then Jesse goes, brothers and sisters, and Jeremiah, it says this, let's remember it. And we go back, we say, well, oh, you know what, brother, that makes sense. 
You see how iron sharpens iron. But the problem is, instead of having Jesse and Mike and Cam and JD and, and, and Lindsay and Brian, you got John Smith that says, I don't need none of them. I got all this. So instead, it's like John, ignorance, John, ignorance, John, and then ignorance. And he don't know the ignorance parts because he's ignorant. That's not a bad word, by the way. Another one that people kind of bend out. Ignorant just means you are uh, lacking in knowledge on something. Everyone is ignorant of something. And we're all ignorant when it comes to the complete Bible. Nobody knows the entire Bible. So ready for this? All Christians are ignorant when it comes to this to a degree. Some scholars are way less ignorant than others. And then some people are way more ignorant. But this is why fellowship is so valuable and discipleship is so valuable because when you sit by yourself with this, you convince yourself that what you believe is true. And then here's what really happens. Then you get this pride. You get some pride up in you too. So when a brother corrects you, you don't want to admit you're wrong. It's not that it's the, and here's the crazy part too. Ready? I'm going to be honest with you because I used to do this too. We all, I, we've all been here before. It's not a pride in an evil way, but people are scared to admit they're wrong because then someone might say, oh, you're a dumb Christian. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't trust you anymore because we always think of the worst case scenario ever. So instead of admitting we're wrong, we push back, even though in our head, we're like, man, I got to really look into that later. Instead of being honest with someone and saying, you know what? Hmm, that's a Hey, that's a good point. You know what? Let me look, let me look into that because I don't know. I don't know. That 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 you brought up a good point. People would rather because they don't want to let anyone think they don't know something. Like people are actually scared to say, I don't know nowadays. And you run into this fear when you ask people, hey, you want to join me when it comes to going out to preach the gospel? Mike, I can't go out there and preach the gospel. What I I I, I don't have the answers people are gonna be asking for. Either do I. You think I got all the answers? These people ask questions. I don't know. If they want me to be God and have all the answers, then they're looking for the wrong one. They need to go into the Bible. They go find an answer right there. I have no problem telling someone, I don't know. <laughs> I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. I'm okay with that. Like, remember when I debated Catholic converts? You know how many people have told me, like, Mike, you know you lost the minute you said, I don't know about, you know, that one question she asked you? I'm like, really? That's cool. I'm not about to lie and be like, oh, let me make up something. I could have, and no one would have probably known the difference because the thing she quoted was not anything that anyone has ever brought up in a debate about justification. I could have easily been like, oh, well, you clearly see that, that that passage has nothing to do with justification because that passage was written in the old covenant of blah, 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 blah. I could have said that. And honestly, the answer was correct because since then I've looked at what she was talking about. And the answer is that she was misquoting something that had nothing to do with justification, had nothing to do with righteousness. And she was going into something that was completely separate of our conversation. But she caught me off, off guard because I was not prepared to talk about Job in a debate of justification because I have never, 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 never out of the 45 different debates I've watched between Protestants and Catholics ever heard anybody quote Job in a debate 
about justification. So yeah, when she quoted Job, I'm like, uh, she's like, and what do you think about that? I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. And what did I say in the debate? What was my exact words? You know what? I don't want to disrespect the word of God and pretend that I know and try to make something up. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't know. Now, meanwhile, some people mocked me for that, but there were some people that said, you know what? I respect that. You'd be surprised. We're so worried about the people that would laugh at us for not knowing something. Instead of understanding of how many people will respect you for admitting you don't know something. There are a lot of people in this world that respect that fact. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're willing to say I don't know to someone, you have earned my respect, especially in the age of, of uh, uh, what I like to call, you know, uh, the knowledge, the age of everybody knowing everything. Because everybody knows everything nowadays. Everybody. And I'm not even talking about just religion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everything. Politics. Gender. Race. Bro, this whole gender thing has been going on for like, in the grand scheme of human history, like 37 seconds. And people be like, no, 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 we know for a fact. Word, a word, that's what you, that's what you know. Bro, this, this is a week old, bro. What you talking about? You don't even know what's going to happen with the medications and the, and the, and the hormones that y'all pumping into these children. Go, go take several seats. Go play musical chairs by yourself and take several seats. TikTok University, exactly. You know, I could go, look at this. We're not even getting into the reaction video. Now we just ranting on the fact that the, the, the flaws, and here's the real problem. When you're hearing me say all this, does anybody else see, I'm overwhelmed right now because I understand, because when I think about all this, some of you might just listen to it and say, wow, that's a good point. I'm always thinking, well, how do we combat that? How do we fix that? How do we get out of this? And it's overwhelming because I see generations of flaws that have led to where we're at today. You see, if, if Christianity as a whole was a house, we're not talking about some drywall. We're talking about mold in the foundation. Yes, the foundation is still Christ and nobody can remove it. First Corinthians chapter three. But that house has been built with a lot of wood. And what did Jesus say? What does first Corinthians three say? That it will be tested by the fire. And many will suffer great loss. And we're at that point where I just can't help but say, man, a lot of people going to suffer a lot of great loss because, man, there's a lot of wood up in here when it should be gold and rubies. And then what makes it even more difficult is that my dumb self is on TikTok. So it's not like, and I'm just being honest with you. Let's say I had a congregation. Let's say I had a little church and it was 100 people. I can work with them and build with them and slowly grow with them. And to the point where we're like, yo, we got it all smoothed out. But on TikTok, it's a billion, billion, billion people out here. And there's new people coming. So you're answering the same questions, the same questions, the same questions. So you're never actually making progress. It's like you're, it's like, it's like being at a, a, a you know, a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid and it's like, go ahead. And then you like, I don't know why I put a Band-Aid on that person. They got diabetes. What's a Band-Aid going to do for diabetes? And it's sad. Sometimes I ask the Lord, I'm like, Lord, why do you give me this mind where I see things this way and I want to fix it, but I can't? 
Christians, Jesus came into the flesh and taught us how to play chess. And then he went away. And then Christians over the years stopped playing chess. And we started playing checkers. Meanwhile, Satan continued playing chess. And he's been making moves that have long-term effects. And they're now catching up to us. I'm talking about back since 1960. Like, if you look at the effects of today, it started in night. A lot of the things that are really affecting us today started in 1960. No, no fault divorce, the abortion thing, um, um, the social programs, the, the destruction of the family unit. Like, we're suffering 50 years of this, and then people want to, we want to fix it right away. And it's like, we can't because you can't. <laughs> but I digress. See, I told you, I opened the door and I start ranting. Y'all see the mind of, my, the mind of Mike. That's a, that's a dangerous place. This is my mind 24-7. And people wonder why I'm always like on 100. Because I'm always like, man, well, how can we just get back to the basics? We need to get back to the basics. And this is the real way to solve this. Is to understand that all you can really do is focus on what's in front of you. Because here's the real problem. Social media has opened up our vision to things that we normally couldn't see. Like if God wanted you to know what every Christian on the planet was thinking, he would have gave you antennas, but he didn't give me, let me, nope, he didn't give me antennas. So if you focus on what's outside your front door, rather than every single Christian that you want to try and impact, you're going to have a lot better time. People ask me all the time, Mike, why is the world so much evil, more evil today? Bro, who told you it's more evil today? You just see it now because you got social media. But cops been messed up. We talk about cops been doing that because they're humans, they're sinners. People been starving. People been dying of diseases. Matter of fact, when COVID was big, people got upset because I didn't take it very serious. You know why? Because I saw the numbers. Malaria looks the same if you were to put a spotlight on it. Can I be very honest with you? If the news was to cover any of the diseases that exist today, the way it covered COVID, you'd be freaking out. Matter of fact, if the news covered malaria, the way it covered COVID, or covered dysentery, the way it covered COVID, you'd be scared to death of drinking dirty water. People dying every day. Matter of fact, what is it? Like every three seconds, someone dies? Like dead, 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 dead. You understand? The world didn't get more evil. We've just been opened up to more. And our brain wasn't meant for that. God made me to be a community. I'm meant for community, but I'm meant for the kind of community that God formed for us. But we want to take in all these people. And then what happens? Our brain can't handle it. So what do we do? We compartmentalize people. We group them. Genders, orientations, denominations. Because we can't truly know everything. So we group people, we compartmentalize them. And then when we meet someone from that group, we just assign all the traits that we decided that group is. You meet a Calvinist, they all believe the same thing. You meet a Pentecostal, oh, you must run around in circles and do this number and think the Holy Ghost is on you. Because that's what I think a, a Pentecostal is, right? We compartmentalize human beings. Same thing with, where do you think racism comes from? <laughs> we compartmentalize human beings even with racism. Because we're too lazy to get to know people. And it's worse now because we have such access to everything. Everything. And it and why do you think anxiety is so high? 
because we see everybody and we see everybody's life and we see everybody's experiences. And we're like, why is their life like that? My life's not like that. Why isn't my life like that? So anxiety is through the roof. Depression is through the roof. That's because of this. That's why I don't know. If you, I know that I'm talking as a person with 200,000 followers between two pages. I get it, right? Like, Mike, you use this stuff. I don't look at my notifications and I ain't browsing other people. You will not, unless it's a close friend like JD, uh, Justin, Blake, or one of y'all, you will not find me in anyone else's comment section. Bro, I am not browsing. I am not doing that number because it's stressful. I don't even look at my notifications anymore because it's stressful. Bro, if I looked at all the people that make videos about me, I would be in constant like anger mixed with stress. Like, did that person really say that about me? Yo, he don't know me. Yo, he want to fight? Like the flesh would drive out of me. I just like, all right, cool. Mike, did you know so-and-so made a video about you? All right, cool. All right. Right, I, there's people right now where my face is on their on their page more than it's on my page. Just being a hundred with you right now, guys. Don't by all means use use social media for its benefits. But honestly, if you really want to know, the best thing you could do as a Christian is honestly throw it away. Do you know why Justin, JD, and myself are on TikTok? Because we know there's Christians that are not going to get off. And if they're not going to get off, we know wolves are going to be there. So we're there to give the gospel to them. But honestly, if you're not someone that's trying to bring the gospel to this, this toxic existence of TikTok, YouTube, and all that, bro, get off of there. Get off of there. When I have friends that say, Mike, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm deleting TikTok. I'm deleting Facebook. I'm going to take some time away. I hope, I hope you're okay with that. I'd be like, bro, good job. Good job. Go get it, brother. Go ahead, brother. Go. When Drew hit me up and said, bro, I'm erasing TikTok. I hope that, you know, I hope that uh, you understand. I said, bro, what do you mean understand? Go. People ask me, what's the best advice you give to a young Christian? Delete TikTok. You know me, people I meet that were strong in their faith until they got to TikTok. And then they saw all the videos. The only reason I'm on TikTok, many of you have heard me say this, is because a mentor of mine, Heard me say, well, I would never let my son go on that app because it's full of so much terrible stuff. And he said, well, that's the reason why you should probably be on there. It's the only reason I'm on there. If I was not preaching the gospel, I would not be on there. That's why sometimes I erase videos that aren't gospel related. I get sucked into that trap. Yesterday, I made a video. One of my boys stitched a video where a woman said that being on time was white supremacy. That's what it was. And when I I blame myself for this, I clicked on it like, I'd like to hear the context behind that. And then it was a stitch of a stitch. And the other person said that being on time is a colonizer thing. And I'm just like, okay, what? And I stitched it. Because instantly I was like, I got it. I want to respond to that. We mean being on time is respecting other people's time because everyone's time is valuable. And therefore, if everyone's time is valuable, if you're going to be there on time, I'm going to be there on time because I don't want to waste your time. Then I looked at it afterwards and I said, what does this do for the kingdom? Is a single Christian going to watch this and be like, amen. If it don't glorify God, then I don't need it. So I went down to that little three buttons and I deleted it. Video could have went, who knows? It could have did no numbers and it could have went viral, who knows? But it doesn't glorify God. I don't need to post it. 
And that's why some people will say, Mike, I think your video got taken down. And I'm like, no, I just erased that one. I erase videos all the time. I had someone call me a coward once because he thought I erased it because I was scared of him. I said, no, I erased it because I realized I was just bickering with you and it wasn't glorifying God. I really only want to put content up that glorifies God. And I'm not saying that to boast about me. I'm saying that as, uh, as my advice saying, guys, I'm not sitting here saying, guys, get off TikTok, even though I use it every day. I'm saying, guys, if you're using it to glorify God, by all means, glorify God everywhere you can. I don't care if you play basketball, glorify God on the basketball court. If you work at McDonald's, glorify God while you give out the McDoubles. I love you and respect you. If you're a trash man, glorify God while you get that trash. If you work in an office building, glorify God up in the office building. Glorify him. But if if what you're doing doesn't glorify God at all, why are you doing it? Seek first the kingdom of God in all righteousness. This has been the verse, if you haven't noticed, if you guys follow me long enough, you'll know what verse has been on my heart during a period of my life because I go back to it a lot, right? And, and, and I can't remember all the different periods, but there'll be periods where I really heavily quote a specific verse that's been on my heart. And recently, I've been saying, seek first the kingdom of God in all righteousness a lot. And one thing that I hear when I hear that now is, not just, see, we can see that and we're like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, seeking heavenly things? I don't see it that way anymore. I see it as live that life now. Don't wait until heaven to be heavenly. Because a lot of Christians in America look at God as a, when I'm done doing my thing here, then I'm going to come be heavenly with God and go be in heaven. Wait a minute. If you love God, why wouldn't you be seeking heaven now? Is what I'm doing something I plan on doing for eternity? Because if it's not, am I holding on to something of the world? James said, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. If you're out getting drunk every night, do you believe that you're going to do that in heaven? If the answer is yes, then we have a different conversation to have. But if you say no, which you should say, because you're not going to be getting drunk in heaven every night, why are you doing it every night here? Legit, not trying to condemn you. Why are you doing it every night here? Serious question. Why? There's an answer to everything you do. Unless, unless you're willing to admit that you're a mindless robot and you just act off habit. And then we have another conversation to have. To have. But there's a reason why we do everything that we do. Every habit we do, everything. There's a deeper reason. I drink every night because... Honestly, I'm not comfortable just sitting in a house. Maybe you have a social problem. Maybe you need social environment. And when you just go out and socialize, you feel like drinking is necessary. That's the thing that you might think because the way you were raised, I used to be like that. I used to have to drink every time I went out. I don't drink anymore. And I'm not sitting there saying you can't drink. We can drink as Christians. We can have a glass of wine, a, glass, a beer. I'm talking about being drunk. But I used to feel like whenever I went out, I had to drink. I was a social drinker. All right, Cam, love you, brother. But that, why Why do you need, can you not be comfortable in your own skin? Heaven ain't going to have no alcohol like that, getting drunk like that. I'm pretty sure whatever's in heaven, it will be heavenly. And this is my point. When I see seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness, I'm seeing what the scriptures say about my life today. I should be trying to seek heavenly things today and live in a kingdom life today is what I'm doing today benefiting my eternity in the kingdom. 
Will I look back from the kingdom and say, man, what I was doing back there on earth, that was awesome. It really set me up for this. It really was something I enjoyed. Or will I look back from the kingdom and be like, what was I doing now? What in the world was I doing? I was in love with the world, man. I was in love with it. Look at me. Matter of fact, if it's possible, because sometimes it's possible to reflect on your life in a third person kind of thing, kind of take that step outside yourself. Look at your own life from the perspective of being in the kingdom already. How would you look at your own life? If you could imagine yourself in the presence of Jesus in eternity with him, and you could watch yourself in your life today, would you be standing next to Jesus like, you see me? I know, look at me, dumb and young, but hey, he trying. Or would you be like, I'm sorry, Lord, that was stupid. I know, Lord. I know. I know, Lord. What was I doing? <laughs> Thank God. Thank you for your grace. Because I'm not sitting here saying y'all losing salvation. Again, people also hear this and they think works-based. I'm talking to my brothers and sisters that are in Christ. We're not over here talking milk right now. We're talking about edification. But seriously, since this is near the end of the live stream, if I if there's anything from this stream that I want you to really hold on to is seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness, and then all things will be provided to you. Jesus don't make maybes and, prom and, and bl blank promises. He said all things will come to you if you do that first. So if the all things aren't coming, maybe you're not doing that. And if the and you might have the wrong idea of what the all things are also. Right. So don't automatically assume the all things haven't come. The all things might be there and you just might not be noticing them. To me, the all things is my fellowship, kingdom brothers and sisters around me. Blessings from the Lord with peace and joy in my heart, love. A healthy family. Because once I started seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, I started realizing that the things that I used to want aren't the things that I need. When we seek the all things first, we're seeking what our flesh wants. But when we seek him first, we stop wanting what the flesh wants. We start wanting what God wants to give. And God gives it freely and plentifully. People often will tell me, man, I just wish God would answer my prayers. Like God's answering them. You just ain't been asking for the right thing. James says it too. He says, you ask, but you don't receive because you ask wrong. You ask for things to, you know, fulfill your own desires. Lord, man, give me this job, Lord. Why, why do you think the Lord don't care about the other person that wants that job? Lord, I just need some money, Lord. Lord, don't you don't need no money. Not from the Lord. He'll take care of you. The sparrow eats. How much more are you? The sparrow also flies. Sparrow don't expect the Lord to drop the food on his lap. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then everything will be provided for you. And I don't know about you, but I trust my king. I trust my God. So ask yourself, have you ever reflected on what that means to seek first the kingdom of God? Seek first. Seek first before everything. Make it your priority. Your everything. 
And when you make that your everything, see a lot of people, they don't want to make it their everything because they feel like, well, I got to, you know, I got to give my everything to this and to this. I seek the kingdom of God before my wife, before my children and before myself. Now, listen, because when I seek the kingdom of God before everyone else, everyone else benefits. Because if I'm seeking the kingdom of God, my wife will be loved in ways she's never been loved. If I seek the kingdom of God, my children will be raised by a man who can raise them properly. When I seek the kingdom of God, my friends will benefit by the love that I will provide for them. So if you put God first where he belongs, everyone else will benefit more than if you put them first. You can't properly love your wife until you put God above her. You can't properly love your children until you put God above them. Some people don't understand that yet. They say, I can never put God above my children. My children come first. God gave you your children. He could take them too. Don't forget Job. The Lord taketh. I mean, the Lord giveth. The Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But we're, we're getting near the end, guys. We're at an hour and 51 minutes in. I wanted to do that video of... uh the Satanists and stuff. We'll, we'll save that for Wednesday. I'd be down to do that on Wednesday. Um, this podcast kind of went down different routes and stuff, but um, I think it was a beneficial one and I can keep going honestly. Um, but I, I'm not going to, and I know that I, I usually go to the, t I go to TikTok after this and I will, I always go to TikTok after the live stream for a little Q and a and hanging out for a minute, but I don't know how long I'll be cause I am exhausted and I have a long day ahead of me tomorrow, so I'll probably just hop over there for a little bit. But for the final couple of minutes, if anybody has any questions regarding the podcast that the YouTube people get to ask first, because you are on YouTube, so you have the ability to comment. So by all means, guys, if you have any questions, throw them out there um, and, and, and let them and let them be uh, be asked about anything we covered today. Um, obviously, today was not a Bible study. It was more of a discussion um, amongst Justin and myself and then just myself. So there might not be many questions because it's really just a lot of, uh, just a lot of preaching basically today and not really Bible studies, but go ahead and ask away. And as always, let me just remind you guys, um, if you support the ministry, I ask you, please hit that subscribe button, um, and hit that like button. That's the best way you can, you can really support the ministry. People say, Mike, how can I support it? Yeah, you can give financially, but that's not required. But the one thing I do ask people to do, like I don't ask people to give money, but the one thing I do ask is just hit the like button and hit the subscribe button. Because if we can get the views to a certain level, then we can, the ministry can get funded by YouTube, the big corporation's money. Let's take their money because they're the big corporation, right? I, I, I'd rather them provide the funds that help keep the podcast going, help provide Bibles, help provide different things for the ministries, uh, uh, to the ministry's needs. So all you guys got to do really is hit that. Even you guys on TikTok, I know you love watching on TikTok, but after I get off my live stream, it wouldn't hurt you to hit that little, that little YouTube button next to my profile. It opens you straight to my page and you can just hit subscribe. You don't even have to hit the notification bell. You might never want to actually watch the YouTube, but just hit the subscribe button. It really helps out a lot. And, um, in my profile, there's the link for anything you want, whether it be merchandise, how to how to donate, um, uh, Lagos free book of the month and all that stuff. Email if you need to contact me, um, inquiries and stuff like that, because, you know, people uh, have those. So that's all there. But uh, guys, let me see. Is there any did I miss any questions? Let me see.
No problem, Helen. Appreciate you. I had to say that really deep. I love this, especially that question too. Is what appreciate you being here, Ricky. I'm glad that something said it gave you something to think about. At the end of the day, that's the real goal. Uh, some people want to think for the people that listen to them. I don't want to think for any of you. I want to give you things to think about. Like that's that's my goal. I want to give you things to think about, not think for you, right? And and some people they rather think for you, not me. Um, it's midnight here. I'm tired, but can't miss this. I look forward to this. Appreciate you, Jen. Thank you so much for joining in. Um, people have left it to fester. Mike, how would you recommend evangelizing to the LGBTQ plus uh, people, especially those of the various different genders we have nowadays? The same year, listen, here's the biggest problem that I see in the Christian um faith is that we treat them like their sin is any different than any other sin. How would you evangelize to a person that isn't uh, LGBTQ plus, right? You would just bring them the gospel because why? Because they're not going to stop lying suddenly because you told them that Jesus is God. They're not going to stop cheating. They're not going to stop coveting. They're not going to stop lusting. Likewise, someone in the LGBTQ plus is not about to stop being LGBTQ because you brought them the gospel. What do we do is we bring the gospel to sinners because Jesus is the one that makes sinners stop sinning. Jesus is the one that gets them through their sins. Our job is just to introduce them to Jesus. I tell people all the time, don't overemphasize the LGBT plus as if they're a different sin than any other sin. Like I get it. There's issues with how media pushes it. And there's issues with how, you know, that, that happens. I'm with you there, but the individuals, they're no different than any other sin. Why is it treated like different species of sin? I'll tell you exactly why. Because Christians love to point out the sin they don't struggle with. And what's the easiest sin to talk about if you're straight? The one you know you ain't finished struggle with. That one. That was easy. And on the other side of things, it gets pushed to the main, uh, pushed up as it's as, as if it's okay. Because it, even atheists will admit lying isn't good. Now they might not view lying the same way we do, but even atheists admit it's not. We all admit murder's wrong, right? So there's a couple reasons why it gets treated differently. One, because the the non-believers try to condone it way more than any other sin that people try to condone, and it gets pushed to the main front, mainstream. And then on on our side, it's so easy to point at the sin we don't struggle with. You want to know what a Christian is struggling with? Pay attention to the sins he don't talk about a lot. But then again, there are some who overemphasize the sins they struggle with and condemn others, but that's more the marginal. Most Christians don't bring up the sins that, can, like if they're actually walking with the Lord, they won't bring up the ones that convict them, right? I'm just saying, in my early walk, I wouldn't talk about them. Nowadays, y'all know me. I'd be telling you, I'd be making videos sometimes just telling you like, guys, I'm still struggling with all of them. All of them. I still struggle with anger. Uh, you know, I still speak so quickly that sometimes I'll misspeak and I lie. I'm like, mm, I shouldn't have said that. That's not true because I'm speaking so quickly. Sometimes if someone asks me a question, I still struggle with um, 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 lust. Every human being, if, if you don't, if you live in today's society with the media, the TV, uh, music, movies, and, and you never get those thoughts, God bless you, man. Hey, bravo. I'd be like, get away from me. Don't get me wrong. I'm constantly in battle of it. Matter of fact, I used to tell people like, when I'm out in public, I make it a goal to walk with my head up a certain way because the way women dress, I don't want, because the way women dress, the clothes are so tight that it looks, I mean, you know, you could see everything, but I'm trying to walk like this. Y'all be trying to put things in people's faces. But yeah, it's the same as every other sin. Bring them the gospel. 
and love is used to defend it. That's another one that makes us, us upset, Danielle. 100%. I agree there. Hold on. <laughs> oh, why is uh, we know that that's what happens to all of it? Da, 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 da. I'm looking for the other. I saw another question. Oh, how can you identify with when the Holy? How can you identify when the Holy Spirit is speaking with you versus your own mind, like you mentioned earlier? The best way I can give you a, a, an answer to that without really. So I got to be careful because everybody's listening here, right? So there's different ways that we, so discipleship is important because when you're talking with people, they can kind of walk you through things, but here's the best one I can give you. Selfless, selfless desires, selfless intuition is the best way to identify what is from God. Your flesh will never give you selfless desires, right? Selfless, right? So what is, you know, the difference between selfish and selfless? I always tell younger Christians uh, an early way to really recognize the Holy Spirit is when you feel something, a desire in your heart that's selfless. And I don't mean in, 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 a, in a false selflessness, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go help that person and then pull the camera out and look, I'm giving this person to now. No, I mean that urge in your heart to do selfless things, trust it. Because here's why. You'll never go wrong trusting a selfless desire because the Bible says that your flesh does not do that. Your flesh does not give selfless desires, right? Uh, the selflessness, even when you look at atheists, non-believers that do selfless things, why do you think you know about those selfless things? Because there's a little bit of this pride or this need to show it because that still exists even in that selflessness. Recognize selfless desires and that is not of your flesh. That is one way that I like to share with people. Now, as far as when it comes to reading the scriptures, that's not something that would a short answer. That's really about discipleship. But when JD gets back, we've been talking about doing an episode on Bible study and letting the Holy Spirit guide in scriptures and how we study it. And it's going to be like a three-part series, probably two-part, three-part series. I would say let's save the talk on recognizing the Spirit in Bible study for that because I don't want to do a two-second answer on that um, and, and confuse or maybe misspeak. I wanted that to be prepared so we do it properly because there are people that hang on every word that people say on camera. No matter how many times I tell people, Mike's not your authority. I am not the end all be all. There are people out there that listen to me just like I am. So that's why I'm very careful with how I say things. But one thing I have no fear in saying is if you have a selfless, a, a one, if it's 100% selfless, then I have no doubt that that is the spirit moving you um, because your flesh has never been selfless. Never. Truly selfless. That, that urge to say, you know what? I'm okay being late. I'm going to go help this person here. It's not about, play. I'm not, I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to use it as an excuse either for being late. Like, I just want to help this person. You know what? I'm going to go out of my way to do this for this person. I don't got to tell them about it. I'm just going to do it, right? These certain selfless desires, I believe, uh, is 100% from God. What do you think when people say, People send themselves to hell, not God, since God. I cannot, Ricky, one of my biggest pet peeves is the fact that Christians try to say God does not send people to hell. And when I say that, they fight back saying, God doesn't send people to hell. People send people to hell. Stop it. And here's why it's such a big pet peeve. Because one, it's biblically inaccurate. 
Two, the biggest reason that it bothers me is because it almost seems like you think if God does send people to hell, that makes him bad and you have to defend him. Little FYI, God does not need you to defend him. He's a big boy. He's God. He sends people to hell. That doesn't mean that you're not going there because of your own decisions. Yes, you're the criminal. You broke the law freely. The criminal doesn't send himself to jail. Yes, the criminal made decisions that put him in jail. Just like the people that go to hell, they're going there based on their own decisions. No one's sitting there saying God sends people to hell unjustly. He sends people to hell justly. He is the judge. And the judge either finds you guilty or innocent. And all have fallen short. I can't stand when people say, God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell. No, they don't. People don't believe in hell. The people that go to hell don't believe in hell. They reject it. They're not sending themselves to hell. They're rejecting the judge, rejecting the law, and the judge convicts them and finds them guilty. So that's what I feel about that. We're at the two-hour mark, but I did ask people to ask questions, so I'm just going down. Please, guys, if, you, if you're if you still trying to ask one, no more questions. As soon as I get down to the point where I'm, uh, I catch up, then I'll be, I'm going to wrap it up. I think, actually, there are. Oh, wait. Do you keep your children off social media? If you do, at what age would you allow them to get on? So, yes, we keep our children off social media. I have a 12-year-old who's turning 13 in a month. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, and I noticed some people that might be like, well, yeah, they're too young for it, but there are people out there at their age that have it. My daughter, my nine-year-old's peers have TikTok and have all these things. Um, they are not allowed to have it. What age will they be allowed to have it? It's not about a number. It's not about a number. It's about when I feel that they are capable of handling uh, social media. And that's not even all of them. They'll never be allowed to have certain social medias in my house. Um, the social medias that no matter what, are just terrible negative places like, but Facebook or Instagram, uh, when, when, when we believe that they are responsible enough and also have a proper understanding of media literacy, this is the worst thing my kids could ever have. And it's also the best thing they could ever have. Their mother is a, uh, is a teacher who's an English major an army soldier, uh, captain who is very structured. Their father is a Marine veteran who's a communication major and he preaches the word of God, right? So what are the things that we hold them to? Structure, work ethic, and understanding of communication, understanding of biblical uh, uh, understanding, right? So I mean, it's, 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 it, they're going to be, they're going to be really set up for life in the future. That's the first and foremost thing, but uh, it means that we have certain standards, right? So I understand things like media literacy. We have, we, we, Forget this understanding of media literacy and people let their kids watch anything on TV, listen to anything that there is and have smartphones with no locks at such early ages before they know what's real and what's not real. Like your kids at certain ages don't know that Thor is actually Chris Hemsworth, right? You do understand that, right? Like they don't know that. They don't know what they're watching on TV isn't real. Well, as we get older, there's still levels of media literacy that some of us have not acquired yet. In fact, there are some people that go on Instagram and TikTok and they don't understand that these people are portraying life. Some people think that other people's houses always look that clean, right? No, if they got kids, that's a front. 
We all know people with kids that that's not what your house looks like 24 seven, but then you see it and you're like, why isn't my house look that clean? Right? These are certain levels of media literacy and our children need it. In fact, there was a psychiatrist that I was listening to once uh, that was on a podcast and she's a child psychiatrist. And she explained that one of the largest issues that she deals with is the youth on their view of what sex is based on porn, because that's how they learn about sex, because they have smartphones with no locks and no safeguards, and they have questions that they don't want to ask their parents about. And they're not questions that parents automatically assume they should answer, right? We're not talking about the parents that forget to give the conversation to their kids of the birds and bees. It's about kids just having random questions. Like, first of all, many of us don't realize this. Can you imagine having Google back in your stage of just random questions that might pop in your head? These kids ask questions and they ask Google and Google answers it. And there's this, this woman was explaining these situations about this boy who literally didn't understand that pube pube hairs, let's get weird. I mean, I don't care if that sounds weird to you. We're natural because all he ever saw was porn. I'm talking about 14 years old. So he thought something was wrong with him. Think about that. He went, I'm talking about real story here. He went into serious bouts of depression and he was scared to get changed in the locker room. So he would skip it because he was worried that they would see him and think he's something's wrong with him. Right. Just saying there are certain things that your kids will see when you give them social media, no matter how much you try and filter it, no matter how much you try and uh, keep them from it. And I always get people that say to me, Mike, you're sheltering your kids. Here's what they say. They're going to see it anyway. You might as well just introduce it to them. That is the most asinine, ignorant, ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Ready for this? Let's pretend for a second that the thing that they're going to be addressing is a martial arts fighter. And it's my job to prepare them for the fight. Would I say, well, they're going to have to fight them no matter what. Let's just throw them out there now when I could spend another couple years training them in proper self-defense. It's ridiculous. No. How about I'm going to let my children's brain fully develop as much as possible before I throw them into the cesspool known as social media. So to answer the question, no, and I know that parents are going to say terrible things about me, especially as they get older. No. Social media is full of anger, hate, lust. I mean, social media is driven based on emotions. If you don't know this, uh, marketing 101, if you want interactions with human beings, you trigger emotions. If you want a video to go viral today, guys, here's a secret. Trigger emotions. Simple as that. Make someone angry, horny, happy, or laugh, or sad, you'll get views. How well you do it is how well the views come in. What are the two most powerful ones? Anger and horny. Social media, anger and horny. Comedy is up there too. Laughter is actually very strong too. I'm sorry, let me say that. Laughter, anger, and horny. Those are the three. Pay attention now. Roll it back in your head. Today on Facebook, what did you see? Now, if you're a Christian, you obviously saw some Christian stuff that brings you joy because we value joy. We're talking about the world, though. In the world, what do they see? The main things they're seeing, arguing about race, gender, uh, uh, politics, because anger drives it. Women, half-naked men, thirst trapping, lust drives it. And then laughter. And people are getting to the point where they'll do anything for laughter. And they'll mix in a little bit of lust with their laughter, right? 
And I don't want to put my kids into that world, that world yet. So sorry. That's a whole, I could go, I could honestly do like an entire podcast on my views of honestly, why my kids should not be on social media. <laughs> All right. I'm supposed to be ending this soon. Let me see if there's any more questions that I missed. Um, All right, I think I caught it up. Cool. All right, guys. So thank you all for being here. If you want to continue the conversation for a little bit longer, hop over to TikTok. TikTok, you're about to have your comments turned on here in a moment. Uh, let me go ahead and get off here because we're at two hours and 10 minutes. So anybody that watches this after the fact is going to be like, oh, they, they went a little long today. Um, so guys, God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining me. For those of you that are going to be getting off and not coming over to TikTok, I'm going to go ahead and pray now for you because I want you to be a part of this prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you at the end of our time together here uh, in this podcast to just say thank you for allowing us to have this moment together of fellowship. As much as we speak about the negatives of technology, uh, it is amazing that we can still find a way to glorify you in the things that the world used for so so many terrible things. Father, I, I don't know how you view technology. I would assume that it brings you much... Uh, 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 anger and, and sadness because there's so much terrible things that happen on here. But if we can glorify you with this technology, because it's not going anywhere. And, and in those moments, give you something to smile about Lord, then father, let us, let us glorify you. Let us glorify your son. Let us glorify your spirit. Let us glorify you in all that we do. And Father, I pray for everyone that was with us today. I pray for the whole body, of course. But Father, I pray for those listening today um, that you speak into their heart, that your spirit moves in their life, and that you remind them that they're not alone. Uh, everybody puts on a front, even we do. We all put on masks. But there might be one of my brothers and sisters listening right now that even though they're here and, they, and they're demonstrating their faith being at a certain point, they might be struggling right now, Father. So I want you to please, Lord, just put your hand on their shoulder and remind them that you're always there and that you'll never leave their side as the word of God says as your word says should I say uh, you said you will never forsake us and that you will be with us forever and we we trust you father we trust you uh, we trust you because you sent your son our Lord Jesus the almighty the son of man the one who got on the cross for us we are so thankful for your blessings we are so great grateful for your grace because we could do nothing on our own and we are so thankful that you were willing to save a wretched sinner like us wretched sinner like us that could never do it on our own so thank you and we praise your holy name in jesus name we pray amen guys god bless you all have a wonderful and amazing night if you're not going to be on tiktok and this is the last time that i see you know that i appreciate every single one of you that takes the time to hang out and um and spend time here and uh yeah i'll catch you guys later Ciao.